Praise the Lord. This is Pastor David of Banquet Difference Ministry. I want to share with you something the Lord put in my heart. But before I do, I want to encourage you and let you know the Bible says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want you to know you can serve Jesus Christ faithfully. You can serve Him. You can walk in righteousness. You can walk in faith. You can walk and be victorious in this earth. I want to encourage you. But the, the scripture the Lord gave me is this. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. The Bible says, If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I want to encourage you today that you can be forgiven of all your sins, past, present, and future. If you have committed sin today, or maybe you made a bad mistake, all you have to do is repent. All you have to do is ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of all your sins. Amen? You know, to See, I heard a preacher say this one time, and, and I, I can't seem to get it out of my mind. I say this often to the devil. I just... Imagine the enemy sitting in a chair and I turn around and look at the chair and I say, Devil, my sin is none of your business. My mistakes are none of your business. In Jesus' name. I take my stuff to the Lord. I take my my situations and my sins and everything and I take it to God and I ask God to forgive me. It has nothing to do with you. But I want you to notice something here in this particular verse. If we confess our sins, if you don't confess your sins, they will not be forgiven. Do you understand that? That's what the Bible says here. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins. Praise God. So I challenge you today to ask God to forgive you of your sins. If you don't know how to pray, you don't know what to say, all you really have to do is say something like this, for an example. Father, forgive me. I ask you. I'm sorry of that mistake, of that sin I've done. Holy Spirit, give me the strength. Give me the courage to not only cast down the imagination that comes into my mind, but help me discipline my flesh. And I promise you, the Holy Spirit will. I was sharing this with somebody the other night on my phone when I was talking with them and I said, you know, the Holy Spirit came to convince us of sin. He came to convince us. Another way of saying it is, He came to convict us. He came to convict us, to reveal to us our sin. Not only, not, not, not so He can uh, poke a stick at us and condemn us. No. The Holy Spirit's not a condemner. The Holy Spirit wants us to repent so that we can believe by faith that Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Amen. God is faithful. If we confess our sin, the Bible says God is faithful. I know the Bible says in Romans Bible says in Romans chapter 3 verse 23 for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God but now notice Romans 5 8 the Bible says but God commandeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us 
So yes, we've fallen short. Yes, we've fallen short of, of, of the glory of God. But Jesus died on a cross to redeem us back to God. To restore that broken relationship. So if the enemy can try to put a blockage there, maybe unconfessed sin, and get you to not confess your sins, block that relationship, trust me, he's going to do it. And I know you already realize that. But I want to encourage you. God's faithful if we confess our sins. You know, God is a faithful God. He's a holy God. He's a good God. And I promise you, if you confess your sins and you say, Father, forgive me of my sins, forgive me of my mistakes, forgive me of my besetting sins, Lord, forgive me of my willful sin, He will. He's faithful. He's just to forgive us of all sin. A-L-L. I want to say this prayer. I love this prayer. I put this prayer in a picture frame because I love it so much. I don't remember who I got it from or where I got it from. That doesn't matter. It is scriptural based. but I, And I love it. I want to say it. Say it with me. Oh God in heaven. I believe with all my heart. That Jesus has been raised from the dead. I receive your word. And I repent of my sin. I renounce the past. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I receive my forgiveness. I receive the new birth, cleansed and washed in the word, in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Father, I pray right now for my listeners. I ask you, Lord, to encourage them. I ask you to minister to their hearts. Let them realize that they're not alone. And, Father, we just thank you for them. We just ask you to heal them, minister to every need they have. Spiritual, physical, emotional, mental, financially. We ask you, Lord to send labors into their path to not only financially bless them, but encourage them. And we ask you, Father God, that you would just raise them up to be mighty men and women of God. We ask you, Lord, whatever scriptures and revelations in the Word of God that they're struggling with, Holy Spirit, bring spiritual light into their hearts Bring spiritual light into their minds in the name of Jesus. We bind every hindering spirit. We bind every uh, procrastinating demon. We rebuke you. We will grow spiritually. We will grow in Christ. And we will progress in the Lord in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That's all there is to it, devil. You shut your face and you leave us alone. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. I have this statement I want to say in closing. If God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8.31 If God be for us, who can be against us? Bless you today.
Praise the Lord, Mrs. Pastor David, of Bank It Difference Ministry. I want to share with you something the Lord put in my heart. But before I do, I want to encourage you and let you know. The Bible says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want you to know you can serve Jesus Christ faithfully. You can serve him. You can walk in righteousness. You can walk in faith. You can walk and be victorious in this earth. I want to encourage you. But the, the scripture the Lord gave me is this. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. The Bible says, If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I want to encourage you today that you can be forgiven of all your sins, past, present, and future. If you have committed sin today, or maybe you made a bad mistake, all you have to do is repent. All you have to do is ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of all your sins. Amen? You See, I heard a preacher say this one time, and, and I, I can't seem to get it out of my mind. I say this often to the devil. I just imagine the enemy sitting in a chair, and I turn around and look at the chair, and I say, Devil, my sin is none of your business. My mistakes are none of your business. In Jesus' name. I take my stuff to the Lord. I take my, my situations and my sins and everything, and I take it to God, and I ask God to forgive me. It has nothing to do with you. But I want you to notice something here in this particular verse. If we confess our sins, if you don't confess your sins, they will not be forgiven. Do you understand that? That's what the Bible says here. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins. Praise God. So I challenge you today to ask God to forgive you of your sins. If you don't know how to pray, you don't know what to say, all you really have to do is say something like this, for an example. Father, forgive me. I ask you. I'm sorry of that mistake, of that sin I've done. Holy Spirit, give me the strength. Give me the courage to not only cast down the imagination that comes into my mind, but help me discipline my flesh. And I promise you, the Holy Spirit will. I was sharing this with somebody the other night on my phone when I was talking with them and I said, you know, the Holy Spirit came to convince us of sin. He came to convince us. Another way of saying it is, He came to convict us. He came to convict us, to reveal to us our sin. Not only, not, not, not so He can uh, poke a stick at us and condemn us. No. The Holy Spirit's not a condemner. The Holy Spirit wants us to repent so that we can believe by faith that Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Amen. God is faithful. If we confess our sin, the Bible says God is faithful. I know the Bible says in Romans the Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But now notice Romans 5, 8. The Bible says, But God commandeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
So yes, we've fallen short. Yes, we've fallen short of, of, of the glory of God. But Jesus died on a cross to redeem us back to God. To restore that broken relationship. So if the enemy can try to put a blockage there, maybe unconfessed sin, and get you to not confess your sins, block that relationship, trust me, he's going to do it. And I know you already realize that. But I want to encourage you. God's faithful if we confess our sins. You know, God is a faithful God. He's a holy God. He's a good God. And I promise you, if you confess your sins, and you say, Father, forgive me of my sins, forgive me of my mistakes, forgive me of my besetting sins, Lord, forgive me of my willful sin, He will. He's faithful. He's just to forgive us of all sin. A-L-L. I want to say this prayer. I love this prayer. I put this prayer in a picture frame because I love it so much. I don't remember who I got it from or where I got it from. That doesn't matter. It is scriptural based. but I, And I love it. I want to say it. Say it with me. Oh God in heaven. I believe with all my heart. That Jesus has been raised from the dead. I receive your word. And I repent of my sin. I renounce the past. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I receive my forgiveness. I receive the new birth, cleansed and washed in the word, in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Fill me with your spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. So, Father, I pray right now for my listeners I ask you, Lord, to encourage them. I ask you to minister to their hearts. Let them realize that they're not alone. And Father, we just thank you for them. We just ask you to heal them. Minister to every need they have. Spiritual, physical, emotional, mental, financially. We ask you, Lord, to send labors into their path to not only financially bless them, but encourage them. And we ask you, Father God, that you would just raise them up to be mighty men and women of God. We ask you, Lord, whatever scriptures and revelations and the word of God that they're struggling with, Holy Spirit, bring spiritual light into their hearts. Bring spiritual light into their minds in the name of Jesus. We bind every hindrance spirit. We bind every uh, procrastinating demon. We rebuke you. We will grow spiritually. We will grow in Christ. And we will progress in the Lord in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That's all there is to it, devil. You shut your face and you leave us alone. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. I have this statement I want to say in closing. If God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8.31 If God be for us, who can be against us? Bless you today.
Praise the Lord. This is Pastor David of Bank It Difference Ministry. I want to share with you something the Lord put in my heart. But before I do, I want to encourage you and let you know the Bible says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want you to know you can serve Jesus Christ faithfully. You can serve Him. You can walk in righteousness. You can walk in faith. You can walk and be victorious in this earth. I want to encourage you. But the, the scripture the Lord gave me is this. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, the Bible says, If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I want to encourage you today that you can be forgiven of all your sins, past, present, and future. If you have committed sin today, or maybe you made a bad mistake, all you have to do is repent. All you have to do is ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of all your sins. Amen? You know, See, I heard a preacher say this one time, and, and I, I can't seem to get it out of my mind. I say this often to the devil. I just imagine the enemy sitting in a chair and I turn around and I look at the chair and I say, devil, my sin is none of your business. My mistakes are none of your business. In Jesus' name. I take my stuff to the Lord. I take my, my situations and my sins and everything and I take it to God and I ask God to forgive me. It has nothing to do with you. But I want you to notice something here in this particular verse. If we confess our sins, if you don't confess your sins, they will not be forgiven. Do you understand that? That's what the Bible says here. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins. Praise God. So I challenge you today to ask God to forgive you of your sins. If you don't know how to pray, you don't know what to say, all you really have to do is say something like this for an example. Father, forgive me. I ask you. I'm sorry of that mistake, of that sin I've done. Holy Spirit, give me the strength, give me the courage to not only cast down the imagination that comes into my mind, but help me discipline my flesh. And I promise you, the Holy Spirit will. I was sharing this with somebody the other night on my phone when I was talking with them. And I said, you know, the Holy Spirit came to convince us of sin. He came to convince us. Another way of saying it is he came to convict us. He came to convict us, to reveal to us our sin. Not only, not, not, not so he can uh, poke a stick at us and condemn us no the Holy Spirit's not a condemner the Holy Spirit wants us to repent so that we can believe by faith that Jesus cleanses us from all sin amen God is faithful if we confess our sin the Bible says God is faithful I know the Bible says in Romans the Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But now notice Romans 5, 8. The Bible says, But God commandeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
So yes, we've fallen short. Yes, we've fallen short of, of, of the glory of God. But Jesus died on a cross to redeem us back to God. To restore that broken relationship. So if the enemy can try to put a blockage there, maybe unconfessed sin, and get you to not confess your sins, block that relationship, trust me, he's going to do it. And I know you already realize that. But I want to encourage you. God's faithful if we confess our sins. You know, God is a faithful God. He's a holy God. He's a good God. And I promise you, if you confess your sins and you say, Father, forgive me of my sins, forgive me of my mistakes, forgive me of my besetting sins, Lord, forgive me of my willful sin, He will. He's faithful. He's just to forgive us of all sin. A-L-L. I want to say this prayer. I love this prayer. I put this prayer in a picture frame because I love it so much. I don't remember who I got it from or where I got it from. That doesn't matter. It is scriptural based. but I, And I love it. I want to say it. Say it with me. Oh God in heaven. I believe with all my heart. That Jesus has been raised from the dead. I receive your word. And I repent of my sin. I renounce the past. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I receive my forgiveness. I receive the new birth, cleansed and washed in the word, in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Fill me with your spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. So, Father, I pray right now for my listeners I ask you, Lord, to encourage them. I ask you to minister to their hearts. Let them realize that they're not alone. And Father, we just thank you for them. We just ask you to heal them, minister to every need they have. Spiritual, physical, emotional, mental, financially. We ask you, Lord, to send labors into their path to not only financially bless them, but encourage them. And we ask you, Father God, that you would just raise them up to be mighty men and women of God. We ask you, Lord, whatever scriptures and revelations in the Word of God that they're struggling with, Holy Spirit, bring spiritual light into their hearts. Bring spiritual light into their minds in the name of Jesus. We bind every hindrance spirit. We bind every uh, procrastinating demon. We rebuke you. We will grow spiritually. We will grow in Christ. And we will progress in the Lord in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That's all there is to it, devil. You shut your face and you leave us alone. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. I have this statement I want to say in closing. If God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8.31 If God be for us, who can be against us? Bless you today.
Praise the Lord. My name is Pastor David Moore of Make a Difference Ministry. And today the Lord put a verse of scripture that's been in my heart. And uh, and then I want to pray. So this segment is going to be reading the verse of scripture and praying. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, starting at verse 9, If we confess our sins... If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And Heavenly Father, we ask you, as we choose right now, to ask you to forgive us of all sins bad sins, negative sins, anger, frustration, habits. We repent right now. We repent as a nation. We come to you and we humbly ask you to forgive us of all sin. Lord, we ask you to change our mindsets. We ask you to renew our minds. Holy Spirit, help us to overcome our weaknesses. Help us to overcome our flaws. Help us through the power of God's anointing. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you today. We thank you for your forgiveness and cleansing power. We thank you for the Holy Spirit coming inside of us, renewing our hearts, renewing our mind, and begin to deliver us our physical habits in Jesus' name. Lord, we come to you when we humbly ask you the Bible says, draw nigh to you and you'll draw nigh to us. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. James 4.4 4. Father God, we come to you. Excuse me. James chapter 4. Lord, we come to you in verse 9 and 10. And we repent of our sins. And we just ask you to cleanse us. Sanctify us, O God. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. We know that you can set us free from habits. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. Yes, Lord, we do. And we love you for it. Amen. Praise the Lord, this is Pastor David Moore of Make a Difference Ministry. I want to share with you today uh, a scripture that the Lord put in my heart last night. I was talking with a friend of mine on the phone and we were sharing about some things and about business and ministry. And, and this verse came to my mind and, uh, and I want to share it. It's not very difficult verse to comprehend, but I don't feel like I should add other verses to it, but we'll just see what the Lord does. Heavenly Father, as we share this verse of scripture, we ask you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to manifest yourself and bring spiritual understanding, bring spiritual light to our mind and our heart. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let faith germinated in this scripture so that we can stand successfully 
on your word in our lives. Help us to understand this principle, very important principle. And I don't even have a title. I don't even know what to call this. We just call it the word. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 22. The King James Version, the Bible says, in the King James, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. But a broken spirit drieth the bones. In other words, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. We know a merry heart brings healing, right? It brings uh, restoration or, you know, strength in the heart of someone that's troubled. Someone that might be discouraged. If you've ever been around somebody that's happy or you've been around a group of people that's excited and, and you realize joy is contagious, ain't it? It's so contagious that by the time you leave these people that's happy, you're happy. Because joy is contagious. And I challenge you to be a person that um, encourages one another. You know, I heard a preacher say this the other evening while I was mowing the grass. I was listening to this preacher. And he was quoting... Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 16 says rejoice evermore and and I got to thinking about that verse and he made a statement he said you know you can't you can't mess this verse up you can say it frontwards and say it backwards it means the same thing rejoice evermore so when you are rejoicing and you have a spirit of joy and when you get around someone that doesn't have your joy you can God can use you basically to heal that person that has a broken spirit that person that has a dried up bones in their life I challenge you to be a person of joy I encourage you to be a person of joy in other words Paul said to Timothy Encourage yourself. Sometimes you have to go to the mirror and look in the mirror in the bathroom and look at yourself and say, Listen, buddy, you're going to rejoice. Joy is contagious. Remember that. But also, on the other hand, let's flip the coin for a minute and let's read the latter part of this verse. But a broken spirit drives the bones. I read it from another translation. And, uh, excuse me, and it said, it said that uh, dried up bones basically is a broken spirit makes you sick. Makes a person sick inside. A broken spirit will make a person sick. That's the second principle. So if you think about that for a minute, if your spirit is broken, and you are sad when you get around people your sadness can rub off on them 
if they're not strong enough to resist your sad spirit or your sad attitude, you're going to cause them to be sad. The same way that joy is contagious, sadness can be contagious in a negative way. So it's so important that we encourage each other and rejoice in the Lord and encourage each other in the spirit of love. Amen. Let's build each other up. This is one major reason why the Lord had put these podcasts into my life to share with you because I'm going to be firm in some of my teachings and and some of my teachings may be hard to swallow, but my main goal is to encourage you, is to build you up, to, to challenge you to go to that next level or go to that next place in God. I want you to be strong. Listen, we are living in the last days. Jesus Christ could come back anytime. Are you ready? Is your house in order? I've been sharing with a me and a prophet. We've been talking and and he he talks about that. Is your house in order? I got to get my house in order. And the only one that can help our house stand is Jesus Christ because he has to be the foundation. So I challenge you today. Rejoice. I challenge you today to be encouraged and encourage somebody else in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We praise you for your word. We love it. We love your word. It's life to us. It's healing to us. And we receive your word. And Lord, help us to be a person of joy. Help us to to get around people and uplift them and encourage them in the name of Jesus. And when we are negative, send us somebody that will encourage us. And heal the broken spirit. Heal those who have a broken spirit. Restore those who have a broken heart in Jesus' name. Encourage them. They're able to come out of the pit like David did. They're able to to come out of that miry clay. And they're able to stand upon that rock. Amen. And begin to lift their hands and worship and praise you. The only true God. So thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to, to minister to your children, to encourage your children. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. This is Pastor David Moore of Make a Difference Ministry. I want to share with you today a thought that the Lord put in my mind. I thought it was kind of funny when it came to me. But technically, it's a serious thought when you listen to what it says. But this is what come to me. Ouch! Did sin get you? And how many times have you ever hurt your finger and poked your finger or put a nail on a wall and smashed your finger? Ouch! And uh, <clears throat> I kind of think sin that way. You know, sins get you off guard or 
relax and you're doing something and boom, here comes sin. It just gets you off guard. You know what I'm saying? I want to share with you some scriptures about what happens when sin comes. I believe this is elementary to some of us, but some people may not understand this. And this is what happens to them as as a born again individual child of God. You know, babes in Christ battle this more than mature Christians do, but Christians do battle. Mature Christians do struggle with certain things also. But here it says in Romans chapter 8, if you have your Bibles, you can open them up to uh, Romans 8, verse 1 and 2. We're going to read a couple verses, then we're going to backtrack to a couple chapters uh, that Paul is talking here in Romans. Excuse me. Chapter 8. Very powerful chapter. Matter of fact, chapter uh, 6, chapter 7, and chapter 8 are very powerful scriptures and uh, chapters, and uh, they should be studied in detail. I promise you, you will be blessed. You will receive revelation. But here in verse 1 it says, There is therefore now no condemnation. No condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. I pause there for a minute because I wanted you to catch that. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There's many Christians that are condemned. Many Christians that feel condemned. And and I think the reason is, is because they allow their flesh to be entertained. We as individual Christians, we allow ourselves to be tempted we allow our, ourselves to, to, to be vulnerable for the attacks of the enemy. And then when the enemy, Satan, comes knocking at the door of your heart, <clears throat> excuse me, and tempting you to sin, tempting you to fall, whatever the temptation may be, when he comes a knocking, if you're in the flesh, we are all in the flesh, but you get what I'm saying. Those who entertain the flesh more, they walk in the flesh and not in the spirit, they're going to be gullible and attacked by the devil. They're going to just be eat up by the flesh and by the devil. Satan's going to have them for lunch, so to speak. And um, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. This should not be for a child of God. Condemnation should not uh, be in a child of God's life. But I notice here, who walk not after the flesh. That's a very important principle to understand here because those who are condemned, they call themselves Christians, uh, why are they condemned? They should not be condemned, right? They shouldn't be condemned by sin because we are overcomers of sin. But when sin is activated in an individual life, 
it will bring condemnation, saved or not saved. Now, verse 2 goes on to say, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Now we see two laws in operation here. The law of the Spirit of Christ and, and, and the law of sin and death, which brings condemnation. But a Christian can be born again. He can be spirit-filled, tongue-talking even, and be condemned because he allows himself to entertain the flesh. He allows himself to to um, give in to the weakness of his own flesh because he doesn't discipline it. You get what I'm saying? And many times when we fall or we use the excuse, I just fell into sin. But when we come to the realization Sin is a choice. Just like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they begin to have excuses why they fell. Adam said, it's the woman you gave me. The woman said, it's the serpent. Can we begin to push the blame off on someone else that caused us to sin when we should realize we made the choice to sin? Ouch. Have you ever had uh, nailed a nail on the wall and smash your finger and then blame someone else because they were talking too loud? They're the ones that made you do that. Baloney. You see what I'm saying? We want to push the blame off on someone else so we don't have to feel condemned. But those who walk in the flesh and entertain the flesh, guess what? Condemnation is knocking at the door of your heart. There's a difference when when we do sin or, or when we uh, battle in the weakness and we're doing our best to overcome it. And we give in, condemnation comes. Really, it doesn't matter if you do accidentally fall or even if you live in sin on a daily basis condemnation is the result condemnation will come sin and death will come the law that's in motion will manifest in your life condemnation is coming if you practice sin if you even give in just an inch of it I heard a powerful powerful preacher preached this powerful word one time and I'll never forget it as long as I live temptation is not a sin but yielding to it is that's very true you think about that statement and his scripture was 1 Corinthians 10 13 but you think about that statement for a minute temptation is not a sin but yielded to it is. When Adam and Eve were standing at the Garden of Eden and they were looking at that fruit, that wasn't sin. And then when the enemy began to talk to them about eating the fruit or touching the fruit and picking the fruit up, uh, 
that's not sin. But once they ate of the fruit, that was sin. Once they partake and fulfill that desire, that's sin. Do you understand what I'm trying to get at? When we open the door of condemnation, we open that door up. We open up that that law that's in motion. Condemnation is going to knock you over. Guilt and shame is going to knock you down. When I think about my weaknesses and I think about areas in my life that I'm really trying to work on, and I think about when I give in, first thing that, that comes to my mind is, man, you're so stupid. Dude, you're a dummy. You know, come on, dude. You know better than that crap. Come on, man. Dude. You know, and then I go through these emotions of feeling horrible, feeling like dirt. I feel like a scum. That's condemnation. The Bible says it's going to happen when you give in to sin. When we walk in the flesh and we live after the flesh, condemnation is knocking at the door of your heart. It really is. It's that. As soon as you open the door, wham, it's right there. Notice the word after. That after... I mean, when you go after something, you don't just go after it in 10 seconds and then you never go back after it again. No, you're going after it. You're going to chase that thing down until the fruit of that is manifested. Think about that for a minute. And the things that we should be after are after the Spirit. But most of us Christians are after the flesh. We're after the flesh and to the point of entertaining the flesh no matter what I'm going to be after the flesh so I can go after this flesh you know why because I can be forgiven but when you go to Romans chapter 6 verse 1 the Bible says what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound Paul said in verse 2, no. Or King James says, God forbid. In the the Greek here, it also gives the definition of no. Don't even have that thought. Get that thought out of your mind. That's some stinky thinking. We have to remove these thoughts out of our mind. So if I continue to live in sin, and I continue to practice sin... I'm going to be in grace. I'm tired of condemnation. I don't know about you. I'm tired of practicing sin and and experiencing the condemnation. I'm done with that. Paul says in verse 2 in Romans 6, How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? You're dead to sin. Jesus Christ came died on a cross to set us free from sin. We are dead to it. When Jesus was buried into the grave, 
it was as though we were buried in that grave. Look here in in Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Paul says, Know ye not. In other words, hey man, pay attention. (laughs) My terminology. Not so many of us. I mean, excuse me, that so many of us as were baptized into Christ, we were baptized into his death. Therefore, if we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. Excuse me. Verse 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Christ or with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. The law of sin. We have been put to death concerning this law in Christ. And that this law is no more in effect. It's dead. You are dead to it. It has no more control over you. So then why do we sin? That's a good question. Think, let's think about that question as I read this next verse here. I want to finish verse 6. It says that the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin. Verse 7 says for he that is free or excuse me, he that is dead is freed. F R E E D freed from sin. Period. So, why do we continue to practice sin? Because of choice. We choose to do it. We choose to sin. You know, you ever think about why do people commit crimes? Why do people, like say, let's just for an example, a bank robber continues to rob banks after spending years in prison, goes to prison, comes back out, supposedly been uh, <coughs> rehabilitated, and uh, ready to face society again, and and but yet they pick up their old habit and they go back out into in the world and they commit a crime. They rob a bank. That's strange, ain't it? Why would someone do such a thing? Why would someone do that? It doesn't make any sense. Is it because they have the knowledge of sin? And they understand what sin is. And therefore, it's part of their nature. Why do we sin? Because sin is part of our nature. The knowledge of the tree of consciousness is in our minds. And therefore, we have knowledge of sin. This is why we practice sin. Many practice sin because of choice. We make a choice and a decision to live a life of sin. When we begin to realize 
Sin has been destroyed through the blood of Jesus Christ, through what Jesus did on Calvary. And you are dead to sin. And in Romans chapter 7, it talks about marriage. And the only way that you can be set free from a marriage is through death. Amen. See, my mom was married and she had two husbands. Her first husband drowned and he died. Then she remarried. She was free from that first marriage because of death. She remarried and married my dad. And then my dad passed away. And then she never remarried again. But she could remarry because she's free from both marriages. You were married to sin. When we ate of the fruit of the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, when we ate of that, we became one. Now when Jesus died on the cross, he set us free from sin. We are dead to sin. We only sin because of choice. We only sin because we choose to sin. And when we come to this realization and we begin to really be honest with ourselves, we only sin because, one, we love it, two, because we choose to, and three, it's very pleasurable. If sin wasn't pleasurable, we wouldn't do it. Sin's very enticing. There, there, are, there are different uh, things that we do that cause us to sin that's very pleasurable. And, or, or we wouldn't sin at all. You understand what I'm saying. But I'm here to tell you, you're dead to sin. You're not alive to sin anymore. Sin is dead. You are dead to it. You're hidden in Christ. You're born again. You are a child of the King. Me and this a friend of mine, she's a prophetess. We were uh, talking about this one particular verse of scripture in 2 Corinthians. Talking about where it talks about a man. If Therefore, if any man. That word man, it also means male and female. So, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are new. Now this word Christ also means a new species of being. So, no, maybe not Christ, excuse me, I was wrong. Uh, We are new creatures. That word creature means a new species of being. So, So, we are a new species of being. We are men and women of God that practice righteousness, not sin. I want to encourage you. And I want you to realize that when you do sin, I want you to understand condemnation is coming. It's knocking at the door of your heart. But I also challenge you to repent. I challenge you immediately get on your face. Immediately pray and seek for wisdom. How should I overcome this sin, Lord? What do I need to do, Holy Spirit, that... uh, that I need to do, that I need to change, what kind of behavior, what kind of conduct, what do I need to do to change? 
so that I can overcome sin. I'm tired of feeling guilty. I'm tired of feeling shameful. I'm tired of feeling bad. So I need to know, Lord, how do I overcome this thing? How? And he'll give you wisdom. The Holy Spirit will give you understanding. He will begin to show you how to overcome. I want to encourage you today. You are already an overcomer. Because of what Jesus did. You have already overcame sin. When you need to realize this, you need to get this in your thinking. Verse uh, 21 here in uh, First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteous of God in him. Jesus became sin, even though he had no relationship with sin. He took upon our disobedience so that we could take on his righteousness. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can live a righteous life. Yes, you can. You can do this. Don't get bent out of shape because you fall. Don't get bent out of shape because you failed. Practice righteousness. Stop trying to practice sin and do your best to practice righteousness. Practice a life of holiness. Let's pray. In closing, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for this revelation. We pray that we shared what you want us to share. And Heavenly Father, we ask you to encourage our brothers and sisters. Encourage them to overcome sin. Encourage them to overcome weaknesses and habits. Help them, Father, in Jesus' name. Give them the grace, but give them the strength to overcome sin. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, amen.